The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, season 18, episode number 34. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Got Brian and Amber here with me. Nick is out today. We're going to carry on. we got a lot we're going to get into today. Uh, we will also get some questions and some comments from you guys. So if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can hit me uh, on Twitter. You can also call us, 888-855-2297. Again, 888-855-2297. And uh, we'll take some questions that way as well. I'm smiling because I made, uh, on our station, I made G-Bag of the Day, uh, which is a thing we do, a, a segment we do at 2.30 every day. And it's about, it's like the funny audio and stuff. It was the very last caller into the post-game show last week. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> and this guy was just, oh, you know. And it, and, it, and it was like one of those things where you're like, dude, they just won a game with a backup quarterback, a, a backup, backup wide receivers, banged up offensive line. I'm like, just... Just enjoy it one time, please. I think the just, exact quote, are you bitching just a bitch? I was afraid. Derek, <laughs> I forgot what I could say on the stage. I honestly Is that forgot. a lot? That was, that was the exact quote that Brian I kept did, throwing at I him. did. I say, are you bitching to just be bitching? And, you know, because, again, you couldn't – I couldn't get him – I asked him, are you, do you don't like the quarterback? Do you don't like the – no, love the quarterback. Front office, oh, no, no. You know. And I'm like, <laughs> it was the last – call of the show i mean i'd made three hours of a post-game show and i think you know you got to be fair about it that, that was a really a as an outstanding victory if you look at all mm-hmm. things put mm-hmm. into it and and we we have as analysts here we have our doubts we had our doubts and you you guys live in this building you know i used to live with you in this building and you know you want to you want to believe in all but you also want to be fair and you also want to be like hey i'm not blowing smoke up your ear right now these are the issues you're dealing with. Yeah. And to me, that guy was just bitching to be bitching. <laughs> and, and, and I was not going to be a part of that today because I'd done enough bitching before that. Well, well I, go ahead. I was going to say, after the game on Twitter, I started getting a bunch of notifications. And you guys know I am very critical of a lot of things. I like how you started game. tweeting in Spanish, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I tweeted for a little bit, but um, it, I was getting annoyed because – what bad can I say about a win that going into it, I 1,000% thought they were going to lose a I'm game. The same so way. you take yeah. it, you take the win, and you credit where credit is due right. in the way that they were able to get that win. Yeah. So right now, and, and also now the whole conversation also between quarterbacks, Cooper Rush oh. and Dak <laughs> Prescott. That's another thing that I keep seeing on my timeline and notifications, just yeah. people kind of, oh, well, keep Dak. Prescott away. Let's keep Cooper Rush. You know what's interesting you say that, though? There is something good about that. And I'll say this. Mm-hmm. What what are the differences? Are you seeing something schematically? You know, I mean, we're not all former scouts or coaches or whatever, but there's something that 
play calling wise? Is there something that are the players just stepping up? Are there are there are there things that they're trying to do with Dak that they would never do with Cooper Rush or vice versa? So those are the fair questions. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about well, okay, why did why did the offense look serviceable the other day? You know, that's the question you have to ask. Was something that Kellen Moore did, or is there a different, you know, is Cooper different in this regard, throwing the slant? I mean, you saw the ball that he threw to, to CeeDee Lamb that was a slant. It was in front. Yeah, It was in front, it was a catch, and you're thinking, okay, was there something technique-wise different on the outside? Was there something different from the quarterback? I think those are all fair questions. You know, but, you know, if you quiz personnel guys around the league, they're going to say, Play Dak Prescott over Cooper Rush. Yeah, I think there's yeah. no question about that. One thing I will say after going back and, and watching the game again, the offensive line was not as good as we thought no, they were. No, it and, really was reason I know for myself, I yeah. came out of the game as like, you know, I really didn't really hear, I didn't really notice the offensive line much, which is a good thing. But then when you go back and watch it on replay, I had a lot more rec- respect for what Cooper Rush did in that game yeah. and a little less respect for what the offensive line did because yeah. there were a number of times when – and in this credit to Cooper, yeah. he got the ball out right before he just got hammered. There's that. Like that's exactly there were right. there were guys that that yeah. missed. Yeah. There were guys that couldn't hold their blocks, and and for whatever reason, Cooper kind. I don't know if it was just the timing of the play or Cooper saw it coming and just got rid of the ball. Yeah. But there were a number of times where the reason why we didn't notice the offensive lineman is because Cooper got rid of the ball and it didn't end up being a sack. He didn't end up getting flushed. He got pretty good at this thing. All I've been years. around some. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got I've been around good. some good people. You know what? I, I this is where that that's and and that's actually that's absolutely right. There there are things. There were some breakdowns along the offensive line. There were some breakdowns within the offensive line, at the center, the guard spot, mm-hmm. the the left, the left ta- guard, yeah, the left guard, the left tackle. You know, I mean, I, the the right tackle graded very very well, and I think he he was graded very well because he didn't have the the penalties and stuff that he had the previous week. You know, the things that he went with, with the motion penalties and offsides and all those things. But there were several times where Cooper Rush made a throw with the teeth of the rush right on top of him. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, fortunate that it worked out for the best. But, yeah, I mean, it, it it was not a perfect game for that group up front. Uh, when it came to the pass protection, the quarterback did a nice job of seeing what he needed to see and then not holding the ball, which is something that we saw of him in the preseason where it was a little bit, get rid of it, get rid of it. Oh, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He, he did a much better job in this game of making sure that ball was not in his hand. And the receivers did a good job getting open for him when they needed to. We've had uh, Jerry talk. Uh, we had Coach Caught talk yesterday. Uh, where are we with regards to some injuries? I'm going to throw out some names, and you guys tell me what you have heard from them, I don't and know. then what you're kind of hearing in people that you talk to, yeah. uh, and then how you decipher all that. Because as we always know, in the game of football, what you hear may not always be exactly accurate. Some of it, and Jerry even mentioned, admitted yeah. it this morning on the radio, he's like, when he was talking about Dak, he said, this is an extremely optimistic view, yeah. which I expect that from Jerry again. Jerry is the most optimistic mm-hmm. person I've ever met in my life. Um, so you have to put it through that lens as well. But let's start with Dak. What are we hearing about Dak and, and his return possibilities? Got anything, AG? Um, I'm, so I didn't get to listen to him, what he said specifically, but I keep what I keep hearing is the same answer we've kind of heard prior to even this game it was going to be less than four games or four weeks for him to come back in and before you got into the injuries I did 
have an, another question mm -hmm. because somebody else asked me, and it's going back to Dak Prescott, okay. but let's say um, in this next few weeks while he returns, Cooper Rush goes out and manages to keep winning these games. What do you do? And sorry to ruin the injuries part for a little no, bit. No, no, that's fine. But that's fine. what do you do at that point? Someone asked me and said, do you not keep Cooper Rush in? I'm like, there is absolutely no way that they would not put Dak Prescott. If he's ready to play, there's no way they okay. would not put him in the field. Let me do this. I want to give credit because I got a, the tweet from someone this morning, Michael Bishop Tanner. His question was very similar to that. He said, in the highly unlikely scenario that the Cowboys are, let's say, 5-1. and one. When Dak returns, do we leave Cooper Rush in or do you go back to Dak? Let's see. Let's, five and one, he's on a five-game winning streak. The offense is presumably playing like it played Sunday where it may not be like the best offense in the league, but certainly good enough. And with yeah. this defense, it plays comparable football, right? It plays complementary football, I should say. Do you, do you stick with Cooper I Rush think, or do you go back to Dak? I think the only thing that this allows you to do is not wanting to rush Dak Prescott back into the mix. Like, allow him to work on that whole, the grip, the, the flexibility, there the strength on the finger and all that. That's the only scenario that I see, okay, now we know we can kind of survive, and which is what you expect your, your backup quarterback to be able to do while your main guy is out. So, but there is no way in my mind that I can even see a scenario where they're winning all these games and then Dak is ready to go and they don't put him in. It's funny you say that. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. It took an 11 game winning streak for Tony Romo, not to ever play again. Well, the one game in yep. Philadelphia, it took an 11 game winning streak to say, you know what? We're no longer playing with you, Tony Romo. And the thing about it, I, I think you're right, though. I think they would automatically go back to Dak. But what you said, I think, is even more important. Every victory buys you more time with, to get Dak ready. You know, you don't. If this team were to say they lost the Cincinnati game and then they go lose to Monday night and then you lose to the Commanders, now the sense of urgency of getting flexibility, grip strength, all those things now, like, that starts to fly out the window. Mm -hmm. It's like, we need Dak back now. The season is, the season is, you know, by that time, like I say, you have you would have lost, you know, you would have lost two division games. You'd have lost the Giants and then the Commanders. So you're, you're in a situation where you're probably hustling him back. But every victory that Cooper Rush can buy you, it buys you more time to really be where you need to be with Dak. That's that's how I look at it. You mm -hmm. know, I, I if 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 they're playing well, if they're if they're five and one, I, I'm with you. I think they go right back to Dak. I really do. Yeah. And but but then the hope is you're five and one, but all of a sudden Tyler Smith is developed into a really nice left tackle. Oh, by the way, we've kind of figured out things at left guard. Hey, the right tackle is not killing us. Hey, you're running the ball well. Oh, look, Noah Brown's had four games in a row where he's had. You know, six, seven catches. Oh, Michael Gallup's back, by the way. You would have developed. The defense has will have developed. Oh, man, the, you know, Wilson's making plays. Van Der Esch is making plays. Mm -hmm. If you're five and one, there's a lot of other factors that probably raise the level. And, you know, your quarterback, that's his job. Get Go get the victories. Go get the wins. But I'm with you. I don't see them. I think it would have to be an 11, 12 game. Which is not going to happen. Well, but no. here's the other thing you got to remember, too. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of people are trying to equate this to 
what happened when Tony Romo yeah. was replaced by Dak Prescott. The difference, games. the big difference, and, and the 11 games is one thing. Yeah. To me, it also was a, a big part of it, probably the biggest part in my mind, was the fact that Tony Romo was at the end of his career. Yeah. They were having a hard time keeping him, keeping him, keeping him healthy. Right. I remember you were saying this, Brian, and it always stuck with me. He was getting hurt on routine football plays. Yeah. And so when you get to that point in a player's career, particularly your quarterback, you can't be hostage to him getting hurt every time he's on the field. And at some point, you're going to have to move on. And the Cowboys, quite frankly, didn't know how they were going to move on. Yeah. yeah. Dak Prescott fell into their laps. Right. Then he went on this amazing run. Yeah. He's a rookie. Romo's on the way out. Yeah. It all just lined up perfectly for him to get Wally Pipped. That's not the same thing. And I don't think anybody is thinking Cooper Rush is your future and Dak is done here and Dak is at the end of his career. Dak just signed right. a big contract. Right. Right. So, so it's a very, very different scenario. Dak is still your future. That's why Dak comes back. And no matter what yeah. Cooper's done, you shake his hand and say, thank you for being a mm-hmm. great backup. We'll move back to our starter now. I think, too, about the, the locker room might not let you do it either. I mean, I know with Romo, Tony, let's be honest, Tony had his detractors in that locker room. And some guys kind of, you know, guys that loved him, guys like Des Bryant, guys like Jason Witten, guys like that said, this rookie gives us the best chance to maybe mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl. And that's how the veteran guys look at that. Who's the guy that's going to give? I think Dak has always been a guy that that his teammates honestly love him. And I don't know late in his career if Tony Romo can say that. There were things that Tony tried to do, and everybody's like, well, what are you doing that for now, Tony? The kids, mm-hmm. like, is the kids having a good year? You know, no. I, I think that... I think that Derek's right about this. It's like, you know, Dak is the guy that you said, hey, this is our quarterback. Um, you know, this is the guy going forward. It's going to be tough, though, but if he comes in and say you do get a loss and stuff like that, now what's going to happen with your team? What's going to happen? Like, God, we had a damn good thing going here, and it, and it was been altered. But, you know, I, I just think they're going to go back to Dak when he's healthy enough to go. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we already got our first caller on the line. We'll get to that. You guys can also call us, 888-855-2297. We'll be back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. 
Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands, with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lenses for you. See more, do more, Essilor. God, that one little part there got me trouble. <laughs> you got I it. I thought I had it right. Ryan's a big radio guy now. I he am. Can do the reads. I am. It, it's go. funny when these reads, they don't really, people don't realize how hard the reads are. Yeah. Yo Kiero guacamole. That one was... <laughs> That one used to get me when I used to do the games on the preseason games. <laughs> you got to roll those R's. It yeah. is the second segment of The Break Real Life from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment's brought to you by blockchain.com. And uh, let's go directly to the phone lines. We've got a call from Lynn in Edmond, Oklahoma. Lynn, what up? How are you guys today? We're good. How are Excellent. you? Thank you. Doing good. Uh, first off, on the bitching part, uh, I'm 62 years old and there's an old saying, you'd bitch if I hung you with a new rope. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> that's all that. Brian, I totally agree with you trying to get your best five guys out there on the field at the, at the same time on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Peters comes back, put him at guard or tackle, whichever, and move Tyler or leave Tyler where he's at. Uh, but uh, put Forniak at uh, center because I think – Biotis spends as much time in the backfield as Zeke does, so uh, they need to they need to shore up that middle. All right, thanks for the call. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah. To me, there's they're they're not going to do that many, I believe, massive moves. If it was you know, if if you're going to if you're going to bring in Peters, I think it's Peters plays the left tackle. They probably kick Smith inside, and then that would likely be the only move that you would make. I, I, I like Farniak. I thought he did a good job at center in the preseason. Uh, I just don't think they're going to make him have to make the calls and stuff. They're getting biotish. They feel like they're comfortable with him. It, neither, you know, they're, they're not perfect inside. This group is just not perfect. But I think that what the thing I was worried about them just, you know, getting killed with the Cincinnati rush, you know, with, with Hendrickson and stuff like that. And they did a great job of holding up on the, and, and this group, I think, can can run block. So, you know, I just don't feel like it's going to be massive changes. It might be just sliding one guy in and sliding one guy out. Amber, what would you do? I know uh, Brian said he didn't think that they will make that move at center. If you were making the call, would you consider making Farniak the center uh, instead of Biotish? You know, Nick always mentions 
the relationship and the voice that kind of, and we've talked about it on the show before, Dak Prescott's voice. And I wonder what he really thinks of this whole situation at center if he does think a guy like Farniak would be better. To me, center has never been the biggest issue. So I'm ne- like, my focus has never been, like, it doesn't bug me as much as Nick. So I know he's been talking about that. Oh, it, for a it while. bothers me too. Yeah, I just it don't bothers think you. Yeah, it bothers me when the minute that Travis Frederick said he no longer wanted to be center, it bothered me. No, for, well, for sure. You go from that <laughs> well, to what you have well, now. To, to the point where we were in there in the draft show here on, on, on dot com, we were talking about the Iowa center. You know, mm-hmm. draft potentially. Hey, if you had to go draft, would you go get the? Would you go get a, you know the center there and the best center in the draft? And it was like, yeah, do that, do that. And it, it's funny, you know, you pass on you draft Smith, which I feel is the right thing to do. They drafted the tackle of the future. The kid has done a nice job, but the center thing, yeah, I, I kind of felt like in the games I saw this summer, I thought Farniak played better than Biotish. I just don't think that they would do it. But he, Derek, asked you the question and. I, I think you I think you got the right answer. I really No, I do. mean I think it's all about perspective and, and you guys, you know, that point is absolutely fair. It's just that my attention has always been at different positions, tackle, yeah. guard. So center has never taken my full attention when analyzing things. Could it be better? Could it be improved? One thousand percent. But right now I don't feel like I've seen enough from Farniak at center for me to base a decision, like say right away put him in, plug him in, let's take Biotish out of the equation. Equation, And that's something that I don't think they would do either. That yeah. We have not seen them make those big moves like that, especially starting out the season. Like Right now at this point, I don't see that happening unless you got your whole line kind of working and then all your issues are now coming yeah. specifically from the center then you would make a move like that. But uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. There. Yeah, you know, actually, what bothers me the most, and this is going to change the subject a little bit, what, what bothers me the most is how I feel like they didn't give enough of a shot to Connor Williams to be a center. And now yeah. Connor Williams is sitting in Miami and by all accounts is doing a phenomenal job for them as a center. Yeah. And I look at that and I'm like, he has the size. I mean, he's a he was a, he's a big center, mm-hmm. um, and that would give you that size, athletic I think ability the, too, the athletic ability. He has the intellect. I mean, he went to the University of Texas. I mean, come on, like he's got the intellect. I can't he disagree can with you because I got I got, a, I got a son there. Yeah, so, I'm yeah, saying yeah. like we 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 turn out some pretty smart people. But but the point is, I don't know. My brother went there and he's kind of eh. he's doing some big eh. things now. Well, yeah, let's, he's let's definitely not, making yeah, more than I'm, me. Let's just sure. say he's doing some big things. But but my point is like. I look at that and I'm like, they didn't even really give that a fair shot here. And I think if they would have spent a little more time maybe thinking of him in that way, maybe they have the benefit of him being at your center right now. And you that means that a, a, one of your draft picks actually is still here and producing in the way you want him to produce. It's just maybe he might have been out of position before. I think they tried, they tried him at center and then they had the bad <laughs> shotgun snaps in that preseason game and they kind of said, nah. Yeah, they didn't spend it's, enough time it, with it. it. That's they what really I'm saying. Didn't. I just remember him and David Hillman and I went to Texas. You guys sent us to work to do that that tour, that workout tour thing. And the Saints worked him out. They worked him out at center, guard, and tackle. And Hellman looked at me and goes, he doesn't look bad at center. Yeah. He doesn't look bad there. And I'm like, man, that might be something that we need to think about here. But yeah, the the, the Dolphins clearly, you know, they 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 had their they had their idea of they had a vision you know, for Parcells it. always yep. talked about this. Have a vision for mm-hmm. the player. And they had a vision for the player. Yep. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the uh about the other some of the other injuries. Dalton Schultz, what are we hearing about him and his knee? 
I heard it was more uh, that they got good news. It's a PCL thing that they're working with, which okay. is very similar to what Zeke had last year. So uh, just kind of – Yeah, I, I, my, my contacts were like, ask me that question on Wednesday, and we'll see where we're at. I know we're working on Tuesday right now, and so – you know, it usually takes a couple of days for things to kind of calm down on the injury front, but it wasn't anything that was structurally damaged. Yeah. So they felt pretty good about that, that they can maybe work around it. You probably, even with the extra day, I think it would have to be, you know, it'd have to be a, a little bit of a stretch to think that you have Dalton Schultz this week to well, play. Jerry said the good thing is, regardless of what happens this yeah. week, we're talking about just this week. He doesn't right. think it's something that stretches beyond right. this week. And let's assume that they don't have him this week. How do we feel about you know Ferguson, Hendershot, about those guys hey, stepping up uh, after what you've seen over the first two weeks of the season? I am totally okay with either one of those cats. And I think it's, you know, we, we kind of were – Remember when we were all talking about getting to the 53, we were trying to debate about carrying four tight ends, mm-hmm. three tight ends. I think they carried the right three tight mm-hmm. ends. Schultz, Ferguson, Hendershot. I I am totally on board. I think both these guys, Ferguson and Hendershot, they got to kind of got the same makeup. Matter of fact, they're both Big Ten players, one from Wisconsin, one from Indiana, the Midwestern type of mentality where they kind of you're always kind of in the middle of the fight. And I just remember on the on the one yard run that uh, that uh, Pollard had for a touchdown, like Hendershot's on the end and he's like fighting, like he's still blocking on the, you know, the they've signaled touchdown and everybody's mm-hmm. on piling and Hendershot's still got his guy and referees, you know, Brad Allen's running in there trying to separate. That's just the mentality that him and Ferguson have. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a it's tough minded. Yeah, they're both young, they're both rookie players. But, you know, I think that they'll be fine. You know, if you could get some of the others, and I mean others where all of a sudden, where's Noah Brown going to be? Where's, you know, I'll tell you this, though, about the wide receiver stuff. I think there's going to be a time where you're going to look at Fajoko and you're going to look at Houston and you're going to say, is it worth keeping, is it worth keeping uh, that rookie, uh, you know, Tolbert on the on the Mm -hmm. inactive list? If those other guys are not having success, because you're not getting anything out of if them you're right not, now, if I you're don't not think. if you're not getting anything out of either Fajoko or or Houston. Houston, and Houston's had a couple of targets in games. Looks like he kind of gets covered. Give me Tolbert out there learning, right. If that's going to be the case, I, I kind of understand what you are, Houston. Simi, I, you know, there's a lot of people that love Simi Fajoko, and he's very capable to having a Noah Brown type game, like what happened last week. But if you're going to keep Tolbert inactive for for one of those, for a guy that those guys are just kind of playing okay and are mm-hmm. active every week, get Tolbert up. Which is funny because after the draft and heading into this season, we were here on the show talking about, okay, who would be the one player that's going to be of immediate impact? And we kept saying Jalen uh, Tolbert, Tolbert, Tolbert. And he has not been a factor whatsoever. And it's unfortunate because coming out of the draft, I mean, we were talking very highly of his abilities and what he could bring, especially at a position that was very much of need, even at training camp. And even now, you mentioned those guys who have not really been bringing anything to you. So I'm just, I'm really curious to see what exactly is going on with Tolbert, he hasn't seen much Your eyes aren't lying to you right now. And there's and there's some thought that they gave him too much. They asked him to do too mm-hmm. much, and he short-circuited. 
and had the injury and so, had the injury yeah. and then all of a sudden now and you know all these things start to weigh on him and now he's like you know he's like buried too much yeah. too much okay this is what's going to happen to me or this needs to happen because we mentioned with Houston we mentioned Fajoko okay Gallup there you go you're in mm-hmm. that's the answer Tolbert you're in Fajoko and and Houston boom. sit down put on the put on the hoodies yeah you're on the sideline hoodies you know I, I'm I like I say I'm I'm my future right now is with Tolbert. It's not with Simi, and it's not with Houston. I'm sorry. Right. Maybe another day. Maybe another time. Maybe in 2023. But I'm getting. I'm putting Tolbert in the mix so he learns in week three and week four and week five how to be a pro. So if you need him in week 12 and 13 and 14, he's ready to go. And by the way, as your fourth wide receiver, that actually may be a role he can't handle yeah. right now. He has a very limited role. You're not going to be asking him to move around and learn all the different positions. Right. You can focus in on, hey, learn this role right here. Yeah. Do this role yeah. as the fourth work wide receiver on, on the team. Yeah, there are things you can work on with him and start start moving him toward where you want him to be long term because you'll have Michael Gallup back. And then especially once you get Washington back, now you really got something to work with. Yeah. And Jalen Tolbert just becomes a guy you can develop yeah. rather than expecting him to come in and immediately step in. Because that that was one of the things that was disappointing to me. A lot of people going into the draft or coming out of the draft said Jalen Tolbert may have been one of the most NFL-ready wide receivers coming out this year, and that's just not what we saw. And there are probably a lot of factors to that. That's the part that's most disappointing, but maybe they do have to just kind of ease this thing back. When they get these these receivers back, it gives them the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's funny because what's happened, there used to be a time where NFL wide receivers, especially like first-round ones, when I was in personnel back in 2005, NFL first-round wide receivers were 46 catches, 893 yards, mm-hmm. three touchdowns. That was an NFL first-round Even the good receiver. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they're like the kid at Minnesota or, you know, they're these – these these rookies come in. These receivers they've got they've played so many snaps that the learning curve for wide receivers is no longer this yeah. this uh, this huge valley. It's like they're no they come in you plug and you play and they have success. So that's the thing I think that's disappointing. But you got to remember about the kid you know playing at you know South Alabama. It really it's it, it experience sure school sure it helps but. You know, these receivers, a lot of them have been plug and play. And I think that's the most disappointing thing about Tolbert, that mm-hmm. he wasn't the plug and play guy we all thought he was. Yep. All right, we're going to take our final break, come back. We got a phone call, we got other phone calls, we got other email messages, Twitter messages. We got all kinds of stuff coming in here. You guys hit us 888 855 We'll be back, DallasCowboys.com radio. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? 
If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Former NFL players for our first game day minicamp presentation by, uh, uh, who is this? Invisalign? Is yes, this Invisalign. Invisalign. I like that, Invisalign. Drop off the kids at the Ford Center on October 2nd from 1130 to 330 while you watch the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. Game from your favorite restaurant in the Star District. To register your footballer for the camp, visit DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. We are Invisalign. I like you folks. Invisalign. We're in the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, let's get to the phone lines. we got a call from Brandon in California. Brandon, what up? What's going on, guys? Man, I listen to you guys every day. I appreciate what you guys do. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate uh, you. Uh, I got like a little two-parter. Uh, I'm sticking with the injuries. Uh, where's Jabril Talks at? And how far is Damone Clark? And uh, also, uh, you know, I like the way Anthony Barr played. played really good. Just kind of reminds me of the, like Robert Quinn. These guys do good for one year, and then... They get the big contract and take off. Now I know Barr's kind of like on his end, like on the end of his career, but it usually happens like that. We always lose lose a good one like that. So thank you guys. I'll hang up, and I appreciate you guys. All right, cool. You know, it's interesting. The two LSU guys, you know, Cox and Clark. I think that the thing with I think with Cox, they worked him really, really hard to get him ready. You know, from what happened to him, he got hurt in the uh, was last year in the Giants game, I believe it was. Might have been. I was maybe I missed up up with that. But he when he you know he he worked hard this off season to get ready, and I think there was a little bit of that where he had some setbacks along the way, and I think he's dealing with a little of the setbacks right now. And they're trying to make sure, like, listen, we know how hard you worked. Let's see if we can get this thing to calm down a little bit and the knee and things and and just work you through. Uh, but they've also got a situation too where they're really happy with their linebackers. They've mm-hmm. got a good, ro- they've got a really good rotation now, you know, with Barr and Vanderesh and Parsons, of course. You know, they got Harper, who we mentioned he jumped off sides the other day, but they like him on special teams and Luke Gifford. If they're going to change, Gifford's got your full, but fullback. Yeah, if you're going to change out, if you're going to change out something, Cox and Harper, we'll see. But they need to get Jabril Cox uh, completely healthy. Now, I'll say this too about Clark. 
uh, Damone Clark. When he comes off that NF, the NFI list, that non-football injury list, you're going to see a real man. I mean, real man football player. And again, that, that's I, not happening this year, though, is it? it you know is what? A There's a possibility that maybe the second half of the season that you might see him play. Okay. So that's that's the things that they were working on to try and get him ready for the second half of man, the season. That would be a big. Play. But he is. I mean, this is again a guy who watches LSU football every single weekend, and this kid right here. You know, six two and a half. You know, two hundred and fifty pounds. He can run. He's physical. He tackles well. He's t- he's tough. He can cover. I mean, they stole him. If he yeah, doesn't yeah. have he doesn't have the back injury that they found at the combine or the the issues that he had, this guy would have been a late one or early two pick in the draft. He's that kind of player. Yeah. I mean, he's that so. Dallas stole him one here, and so it's just a matter of getting him ready. I think he's more of a second half with Cox. They're trying to kind of ease him back, and they, they wanted him to play. They wanted him to get out there, but I think he had some setbacks along the yeah, way. Yeah, and I'll say this. He, he mentioned that he's looking at Anthony Barr and thinking, is he one of those guys that kind of comes here for a year, rejuvenates, and goes somewhere else yeah. for bigger money? That's why Damone Clark is here. Yeah, Damone Clark becomes that immediate if he is what we think he is, he becomes that immediate player for you next year that could maybe step in and be that. Or Cox, you got options. That's yeah. the beautiful part about it is right now with your linebacking core, you got options uh, of how you want to handle this going forward. You got some young players. You obviously got Michael Parsons, who you really want to free up to be able to do other things. So mm-hmm. you kind of want to not have him at linebacker yeah. all the time. But but that all being said, like I look at this and I, I think the Cowboys are in as good as a, good of a position at the linebacker position as I feel about almost any position on this team. It is. It's got some depth to it. And the, the fact that they they had some flexibility, you know, with Barr coming in. I mean, I, I thought in the first game, Barr looked like to me he was done. Yeah, he looked slow. He wasn't playing with any power this last game. He looked a completely different mm-hmm. player. And we talked about it yesterday. One of the reasons why – Micah Parsons is able to do what he is, is when guys like Barr, Vanderesh, Wilson, when those guys could play and make up for the times when Parsons is doing something else, that's that's how this is going to work. Yep. It's like, oh, wait, Parsons is rushing. Man, we're getting killed at linebacker right now. No, you can't can't have that. If you have everybody stepping up and playing the roles that Parsons is going to play as a linebacker, and now you can let him rush – Man, now you got the best of both worlds there. And we still haven't seen, in my opinion, the best of Barr's game. Yeah. Barr is an, a pressure player. Yeah. And I think, you know, Cowboys fans may not be familiar with that, but that's what he did for, for his career. He is a pressure player. There will be times when Dan it's Quinn coming. will work him. Yeah. It's Dan coming. Quinn's going to work that into that game plan. And you're going to be thinking, the, the opposing team's going to be thinking 11 is who we're worried about. And then you got Barr rushing up the A gap or rushing from the outside. I think. That's the beautiful thing about what they did between Fowler and Barr is they got more pass rushers to add to what I thought was already a good complement of pass rushers. And so now they can rush from any point on the field with a bunch of different guys, and every week teams are going to have to deal with that and deal with the fact that that's the kind of pass rush they'll be coming at. That, that's going to be a hard thing. That That's what I lay my hat on more than anything else, that this team can actually make this season something special, is the defense has the ability to possibly be special. Yeah, that's what's freaking great yeah. and, and fun, so fun to watch, because you're watching the games, at least for me, I'm watching the games, and yes, there's always like those guys that you expect to be the guys that are going to be making plays. Obviously, Micah, automatic. 
you got or Dorrance, a guy like Dorrance Armstrong who's shown, okay, yeah, he can get some. But then you get all of a sudden Leighton Vanderesh rushing and making a sack, things like that that you don't expect. So you you start seeing again shines of Donovan Wilson making yeah. those tackles. Guys that it, it's just there's enough for everybody. Everybody's eating, everybody's playing hard and contributing at the same time so yeah. that's that's what's like amazing from what i see in dan queen being able to do that it's just not one player it's just everybody has a chance to play and no one's slacking like everybody's just going at it hard and playing hard and going back to the linebacker position that's an area that we were here talking about oh man there's no depth you know you got rid of uh jalen smith layton wasn't playing up to what he needed to play, now he's stepping up his game. Now you got these other guys stepping up, playing hard. So it's just it's it's really great to see the progress that the defense has done overall in the few years. Speaking about the defense, I had this question, and I, I would be interested to hear what you guys have to say about this, but I noticed over the first two games, it wasn't a glaring problem, but I noticed just on a few plays, Malik Hooker coming up in run support and yeah. missing tackles. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of just caught my attention because I think he's such good, he's such a good center fielder type yeah. player. He can he had that play in week one yeah. where he made up ground so mm-hmm. quick to get to yeah. the ball. Like I was like, that's what that's what I've been waiting to see. But coming up in run support, I've seen a few times yeah. it happened this last game, happened once or twice in the first game. Sure does. What what are your thoughts on him as a as a run defender being able to provide support when necessary as a safety? Uh, the run support part is not going to be the strength of his game. Yeah. And it was never the strength of his game at Ohio State when he was coming out. What The strength of his game was exactly what you saw in Tampa against him in week one with the range. That's going to be his game. And I know the play you're talking about. He Which came, week? The, week this, one, week two. This, this week play? Two, yeah, 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 where he comes up yep. and there's – He's got a chance to wrap up, and he kind of just throws his body, and he just gets bounced around. And all of a sudden, Van Der Esch and everybody else, yeah. Van Der Esch, Wilson, or guys are having to rally to tackle yeah. because Hooker's just kind of thrown his body in there and hoped that the guy tripped over him. I don't, I don't think that's going to be his strength. I just don't. I think where his strength is is being on that back end and reading when that ball goes in the air and that ability to find the point where that receiver and the ball are going to end up. Mm-hmm. That's going to be his strength. It's never, and you hope that what you saw on tape, which was absolutely right the other day, you hope that he doesn't get put in many of those situations because right. it, it wasn't it I wasn't think, good enough. But I think I don't know. I have this feeling that it's just a bad start in that aspect for him. That it, this is just something that he will be able to kind of week after week work on and improve. Because another thing is you said the these, same thing about Diggs. You know, yeah. I mean, Diggs made two of the I yeah, mean, two of the prettiest tackles, and 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 it was it was so funny again listening to Micah like, yeah, seven. He he made the tackle. Can you believe that? It's like he was asking everybody. Can you believe that Diggs tackled people? You know, I mean, he was <laughs> it was like, and we were all like, yeah, Diggs tackled somebody. But you're you know, that's sometimes whether you do it, it, sometimes it comes down to either you're good enough to make the play, or you're, or not, you're not, or you're not. Yeah, yeah, you're not. And it's not one of those things. And people say business decisions. Diggs made a business decision the other day that he was not going to let his defense not get off the field. That's the business decision. So it proved to him he's capable. It proved to him and his teammates that he's capable. Hooker, on their hand, 
I don't think he really wants to tackle very much. Well, I think he wants to cover. Well, I don't think he wants to tackle. And very honestly, much. It, it may be one of those things where he may want to. He's just not that good at it. Yeah. And, and that's that's where you, you have know, curse, everybody's not going to be great at everything. Where curse, so. curse missed three tackles all last year. Yeah. Wilson looks like that he is going to tackle and more. He's going to hit your quarterback in the head when he's on the ground. You know, that's the <laughs> he kind might of do some things you don't want him to do. Yeah. But, but no, yeah, he's going to he have will, some good plays. He yeah. will always be around the ball. Yeah. Where yeah. others will be like, ah. I think that whether it's they kind of take him away a little bit from that role mm-hmm. or he improves, either way, there's going to be some type of change. Because you come in here, well, they come in here, they go to meetings, they play on that big screen on the projector, you're watching the oh, plays. No. Yeah. So this is, uh, it's embarrassing seeing yourself making those kinds of things. <laughs> so you know there's going to be work to be, like they're going to be working on making either, whichever way it is, either Work at it, get better, or you know what? Maybe we just don't let you do those kinds of well, things. Well, the good thing about that is on this defense, there will be limited number of times where he's going to have to run up and try to make a tackle because there's so many guys up front yeah. Yeah. that are going to get to the ball and rally and make the tackle. And even in that instance, Ryan, as you yeah. said, those other guys rallied, and I think it may have been short gain. Yeah, it was, no it was a small gain. It but, was nothing. But, but he threw his body in there, and he just point. got trucked. That's yeah. the point. That's what protects yeah. him a little bit is yeah. if he does miss that tackle, as long as it's not like – Guy breaks for 15 yards, and then then safety's the only one between him and the goal line, and now safety misses. That's a bigger problem. But when he's running up, in those in those instances I talked about, those are all instances where he was up near the line of scrimmage trying to make a tackle, and he just kind of take a gamble. He's taking a gamble. gamble. I'll say this though: the two back-to-back plays that Diggs made on that final drive, I would have given him a game ball for. I said game ball. (laughs) I would have too. Diggs, yeah, and you're like, because seriously, those plays, the punt. The two tackles and then Cooper Rush finishing that thing off in the field goal. That's that got you. And the game came. Him. The game came down to really those last two seventeen. Absolutely, yep. it came down and to every that play final that happened. Every play that happened was a big play. play yeah, every, every play. and they every needed play. all of them to win that. You game. Needed you needed every, every single one of them. them. Absolutely. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we didn't get a chance to Good get show, our last Nick. call, but we'll try to get we'll try to get some more calls in as the week goes in goes on. Uh, till tomorrow for Brian Broadus, Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?